0: I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my creative healing course is filled with hours of exclusive content. Available now at AskCraig.net Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about breakup depression. Well, I think just about everybody goes through a depression with a breakup. Of course
1: they do. With any loss, we go through a depression, but particularly a breakup.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so Coach Margaret has got some really good research on this today because she found some really provocative stuff. I did. Um... And I found
1: a, a woman named Dr. Escalante, MD. She's a pediatrician. And she wrote an article here on depression that I found fascinating. But I was initially drawn to read what she has to say because she has a book called Should Storming. Mm-hmm. And she in it, she's trying to dissuade parents from should storming their children.
0: And we've talked about should before. Yes, we
1: have. My own personal preference is to remove the word should from the English language or any other language that wants to listen to me. Mm -hmm. Just because whenever you say to something, well, if to yourself, I should, or to somebody else, Craig, you really should, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a bit of guilt involved.
0: And it makes them feel like they're doing something wrong.
1: Absolutely.
0: Like, because you should do that. Yeah. It feels like, whoa, I must be doing it wrong. Yes, that's right. If I have to do it differently. Yeah.
1: So should is not helpful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and anyway, I love the title of her book, Telling Parents Not to Should Storm Their
0: Children. But you should like this video. Yes. And you should subscribe to the channel.
1: And you should listen to Dr. Escalante. <laughs>
0: okay. At least two of those three. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Overall, says Dr. Escalante, and we would all agree with her, depression gets a bad name. Okay. And oftentimes we're very impatient with people who are depressed.
0: I I think it's incredibly misunderstood. Incredibly misunderstood. And that's what this lady is trying to say. And I think even therapists have a hard time understanding it.
1: And I'm going to give an ugly example of that. Okay. But I think our overall approach to depression is to be sort of angry with the person who's depressed. Because they don't seem to be doing anything for themselves. If you're really depressed, you don't have any energy. And you're not sure it will make any difference what you do anyway, if you're really badly depressed. Mm -hmm. And people don't know how to respond to that or what to do about it. So they tell you to snap out of it. Like that, yeah. Um, or they tell you, in the case of a breakup, to just move on. Mm-hmm. No, I've loved this person, been with them for several months or years,
0: and it's not that easy. I wonder what snap out of it came from. It must have come from somebody, like, sleeping, or... I think it's hey, an snap old, out of it. I
1: think it's an old hypnotic term. Snap out of it. I put you in a trance now. Snap out of it. Yeah, like that. Got it. Okay.
0: You would know that.
1: I, I would. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a good source of trivia. Um, anyway... Um major depression it was classified as a major um, mental disorder. Now she goes on to say the common the most common therapy is cognitive behavioral and she talks about the current cognitive approach to depression.
0: What is your thoughts on the cognitive behavioral approach
1: It's not my favorite. <laughs> most people already know that. You know, it is very useful for some things. It makes the assumption that almost everything about us is purely cerebral, that our thoughts are behind everything. And I maintain that there are many feelings also which are not always under the control of thought. I'm not saying it isn't useful. I'm not saying it can't be helpful. Mm -hmm. I occasionally use it. But not to the extent of ignoring feelings and some other things. Okay? But anyway, the common wisdom right now is that depression starts in the mind. Okay? Um, that So if you're depressed, somehow your thinking is distorted. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that leads to psychosomatic symptoms like headaches, stomach aches, or fatigue.
0: Mm-hmm. All right? Well, maybe your thinking is distorted because you're depressed. It's like the chicken and the it's egg. It's like the chicken and the egg. Which came
1: first? But. Um, You know, the more common view of depression has been maybe it's involved with loss. Um, Maybe you've had a terrible event happen in your life, and your normal response would be to be sad. But people get upset with you when you have no energy and you have no motivation. And sometimes people act like you choose to be depressed, and that is very rarely the case, okay? Uh, Yeah, I don't think anybody
0: wants to feel like that. No,
1: I don't think so either. There are new models of therapy that are suggesting that we look at depression in a different way. Um, there's There's a school of thought now called polyvagal therapy. And that's about one of our cranial nerves, the vagal nerve, which goes from your brain to your gut. And people are starting to write about the whole concept of, I have a gut feeling, there may be more to it than we've thought. Because our gut is somehow connected to our brain. But anyway, um, this theory looks at depression as a much more normal event and as something that can sometimes even save our lives and that Mother Nature uses it sometimes to help us. Okay. And I'll give you a little case
0: example. Yeah, that's an interesting theory.
1: It is, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. How does it save your life?
1: Laura believes that depression saved her life. Most of the time, her father only hurt her with words, but it was when she stood up to him that Laura's dad got dangerous. That's when he got that vicious look in his eyes. More than once, his violence had put Laura's life at risk. Laura's father was so perceptive that he could tell when she felt rebellious on the inside, Mm. even when she was hiding it.
0: Probably because he had felt that same way as a kid.
1: I would guess so, too. And he punished her for those feelings. I know you're feeling rebellious. Here's another punch in the nose.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: It was the depression that helped Lara survive. Because as we've already heard, Lara's initial response was to rebel, which is a healthy response. But she realized that if she kept doing that, he was going to kill her, is what it really comes down to. So Lara became depressed. And... That depression kept her head down, kept her from resisting, helped her to accept the unacceptable. Depression numbed her rebellious feelings. Laura grew up at a time when there was no one to tell, nowhere for her to get help outside of her home. Her only strategy was to survive in place, and so that's what she did. Wow. Looking back, Laura does not regret her childhood depression. She values it. Going through her own healing process and working with her therapist helped her to see how depression saved her. Okay? Now, this new theory um, says that the fight, flight, and freeze response, and we all know that, right? That an animal will first fight if they can, flee if they have to, and if none of that works, you play possum. What you do is you immobilize yourself totally. And everybody knows about playing playing possum, right? Mm -hmm. You make it look like you're dead so the predator goes away. But you stop moving, you stop doing anything. So, according to this theory then, when you're in a situation like Lara's, I'm sure she thought about fight. She clearly did think about fight, and he knew it. She probably thought about flight, but where would she go? It sounds like he was her only parent. And so the only remaining response is to freeze or become immobilized, and that is to become depressed, Mm. okay? And it sounds like a terrible thing to have to do, but sometimes that's what you have to do to survive, okay? And we've always acted as if somehow we have control over all of that sort of thing. Um, what this lady is saying is that being depressed and immobilized and not wanting to do anything is not a conscious decision that you make. Your body and your whole fight-flight-freeze system makes the decision for you. Okay? So telling us to snap out of it probably isn't going to help a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, what The only thing that really does seem to help is human relationships and one of the worst things about depression is that most of us when we're depressed want to isolate right most people will isolate and it's absolutely the worst things thing to do and one of the reasons we want to isolate is because we probably have at least a few people in our lives who are saying get up and do something about yourself get up and do something about your situation but you don't have the energy Okay? Um and the worst thing we can do is be angry at people for being depressed because it robs them of the very human contact that they need.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay? That making sense so far? Yeah. Okay, good.
0: It's a lot to think about.
1: Yes it is. It's a it's a new and fascinating theory, I think. In a breakup, when fight is not possible. Even though I'll sometimes hear people say, well, I want to fight for my relationship. But there's no fight you can really do. Okay?
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. There's nothing you
1: you can do to fight.
0: When you try and fight to get their attention, they just ignore you or get angry at you. Or see it as an intrusion. And you don't want to flee because you want to remain where you're at so they can come back to you. That's right. right? They
1: have already flown. Yeah. You know, they have already flown. Mm -hmm. And so what happens? Um, you, you stay be, you, right there you become, and you stay right there and you become immobilized and I'm just thinking of all the times we hear people say I'm better now by the time they get the energy to call us but for the first three weeks I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep I couldn't think straight, I couldn't do anything
0: oh it's horrible
1: and that's the freeze or the immobilization reaction and don't ever beat yourself up for this because it is a normal natural, healthy reaction okay I can't flee I can't fight and so I better lay low for a while it also conserves energy that you're going to need later all right
0: for when you're anxious
1: for when you're anxious (laughs) and you inevitably will be anxious Um, and so the and if this goes on for a while the immobilization response continues and since the response also changes brain activity it impacts people's emotions and their ability to solve problems People feel like they can't get moving physically or mentally, and then they feel hopeless and helpless. And, of course, that further feeds
0: the depression. Mm -hmm. So we really want you to realize that depression is normal after a breakup. Right. And nobody should be beating themselves up. No. You should just understand it is a natural part to the breakup. And even if your friends and family are trying to be uh, meaning well by just saying "snap on. out of it," just move just on. Snap out of it. Just move it's on. It's not the way the body responds. Right. Right. That's what exactly. we're saying is the body doesn't respond to a breakup like that.
1: And you just anticipated the next paragraph, but so I'll quickly look at that. Our culture tends to think of depression and the person who finds work too stressful, for example, as a sign of weakness. Self-help articles imply that they just need more mental toughness. I've never known what that is. Mm -hmm. And they could lean in and solve the depression. Okay. Even some therapists, I won't mention what kind they are because you already know, (laughs) even some therapists tell their clients that their depression is a distorted perception of their circumstances and that their circumstances aren't that bad. I can't imagine that a therapist would say that. It's contrary to every bit of my training. Um, but can you imagine going to somebody for help and being told your thoughts are all screwed up and you know um, your life at home isn't terrible when, when it's really awful?
0: I think the worst part of that would be hearing that it's, you know, it's not that bad.
1: It's not that bad. It's not that bad. And I came to you because it is that bad.
0: Your family tries to say to you, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Minimizing how you feel. And true therapy is anything that's different from what your family would do.
1: Okay? Um, So that is not how the body sees the defense response in the nervous system, with a fight, flight, or freeze These things are not about the actual nature of the trigger. They are about whether the body decides there is a threat, and that happens at a preconscious point. The biological threat response starts before we think about it, and then our higher-level brain tries to explain it. We don't get to choose this response. It happens before we know it. Okay? Um... Now, what can bring you out of this state? Um, The new thinking is that the only thing that's going to bring you out of the state of immobilization is human relationships, human contact, being social. We are social beings. And for various reasons, partly because how depression is treated, we tend to feel shame. I shouldn't feel this way. Okay, I should do better than this. I should be able to get myself going. I should, I should, I should. I see how this lady got to this theory. Um, And that's, of course, going to make things worse. And she was saying, if you look at it in terms of evolution, we tell people they're no longer part of the tribe. Well, that's going to cheer you right up. Mm -hmm. Okay, you feel really miserable about this loss that you had, and now we're going to tell you there's something wrong with you. So snap out of it. You know? Yeah, like that. So... That's not helpful, and certainly a more reasonable response is, "I'm sorry, things have been difficult for you." Before you even judge the circumstances mm-hmm. or the distortions that may be involved, there are cognitive distortions, but depression is very, very real. Yeah. Okay. I've never known anybody to go to go to therapy over distorted thinking. Okay. Um, so, this woman's overall. Uh, suggestion is that we treat people who are depressed differently, and understand that is a normal biological function, and that the worst thing we can do is put them down and isolate them further. Okay. Okay. All right. And the fight, flight, freeze response is something I think all of us have heard at various points of so when we took biology or whatever. Sure. But it's being looked at again, and what. The therapy people are thinking is that there are people who can be in the freeze response for years and we've never thought of it that way.
0: Okay? Mm. All right? well so that's that's what i have to say about
1: that today i hope you found it interesting
0: let us know if you did
1: yeah let us know if you did but we certainly found it interesting maybe they
0: froze i hope you
1: didn't freeze while watching yeah with their eyes closed (laughs) yeah i hope we don't have that effect on people i can't turn it off because i'm immobilized (laughs) and i can't flee and if i i can't knock it down because i paid too much for it maybe i'll just immobilize
0: yeah well, I'm sure you'll find some more stuff on that in the future. Right. And if you guys want to hear more about it, let us know. Let us know.
1: I'll be happy um, to do it. And we certainly have to take opossums much more seriously.
0: Maybe, maybe they had it right. They, they certainly did. Good stuff. All right. All right. So if you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, AskCraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. And of course, Margaret does Skype coaching. If you feel that I can be helpful to you, please sign up. Just click on Margaret on the top of the page to do that. That's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon. To get my help personally, go to AskCraig.net and click on Schedule Coaching and choose the option that works best for you.